Welcome to the latest of our special episodes of the Brunton Bugle. Um, these are episodes we've done which don't really sort of focus on events that are happening right now with Cal United. It's more like histories and themes and things like that. We've done ones, obviously, we've done an interview with George Tanner. We've done one interview with uh, John Coleman about his book, um, The uh, Bolts from the Blues. Uh, we've done about history of kits as well, Dan, haven't we? And a couple of us we've done so far. One Game yeah, Wonders, I, was I, different, I, wasn't it? Yes, I, I was trying to think. It was One Game Wonders, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So this is our latest of our special episode. It's, it's a different theme altogether from the ones of all, isn't it? So what we're going to do now, we're going to we're going to do a few of these episodes like this. And we're going to speak to different Carl United fans about it. But what it is, we want you to pick your Carl United eleven. Now that can be either your best eleven, as in the best players you've seen play for Carl United, or you can pick your favourite eleven. So players maybe you weren't that great, but you really like them for some particular reason. And uh, Dan has kindly volunteered to be the first up on this and uh, get absolutely slated on Twitter when people see what he's picked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I think I think some of our younger fans will be like, who's he? Who's yeah, he? A couple of the names, even I don't know. So that, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. But, uh, but yeah, so basically, the whole premise is that Dan had to pick his favourite 11, plus seven subs and a manager. Uh, the manager's an interesting one, to say the least, isn't it? Um, but yeah, basically, there was no particular rules towards it, other than we had to have at least one player came through the Cal United Academy. That's the, the one thing we stipulate on this. But by that, you pick whoever you want and you just start explain. You've got to explain to the jury exactly why you've picked those players. So should we get straight into it, Dan? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's go first. Now, goalkeeper, I mean, you could have had Kieran Westwood. You could have had, you know, Tim Girls. You could have had Adam Collin. You could have had all kinds of goalkeepers here. You've gone with Callum O'Hanlon. Appealing to the referee, but uh, once again, nothing came of it. Now, that could be a good ball round the back. Support coming from Dykes, good crossing, good header. Oh, the brilliant save. That was a lovely move by Chesterfield. And really, Carlisle United can thank Callum O'Hanlon there. Top class save, top class move. A good bit of football all round, Andy. So what's the thinking about that one? Yeah, well, some people think this is a bit of a strange one because he played when we were, like, bottom of the bottom in the early 90s. Yeah. But he was a bloody good goalkeeper. Mm. And uh, as bad as we were back then, if it wasn't for our hand, then we'd have been a hell of a lot worse. You know, I mean, he was a very, very good goalkeeper. He'd been at Middlesbrough and Rotherham prior to us. He'd actually made a full appearance for Ireland in a, a friendly, I think it was... Yeah, they wouldn't fight nearly against Israel. Yeah. get the clean yeah. sheet on his one game for... Well, there you band. go, yeah. So. But no, it's just that, you know, it was it was a time when I was, you know, in, in just coming as a teenager and he's just always stood out as a really good goalkeeper for me. Yeah, one of those ones, isn't he? He, he had a very decent, lengthy career as a goalkeeper and came to us and you do find that occasion, don't you? In the poorer teams, there's one or two players who just stand out as excellent, don't they? And you think, you know, without them, 
how much trouble you you would be in, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and that that that's definitely the boxer or handman ticks, you know, because like see, he was just he was so calm and he was calm, he was collected and you know he deserved to be in the teams three or four years later that did well for me. Yeah, I mean he, he made but he only missed one league game over his two seasons, didn't he? And funny enough, that game he missed was Tony Cage's debut. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. A game, was it Halifax, I think he played Yeah, in that game, possibly. So yeah, he played 83 uh, league games in those two seasons with us. Clean sheets-wise, um, he kept 16 clean sheets, but he was also involved in quite an infamous game, wasn't he? Yeah, the 6-0 at Betty, where we were 6-0 down by half-time, which was the worst 45 minutes of football I've ever seen our club partic- well, participate's a bit of a strong word because... <laughs> Barely turned up. They, they were on the pitch. I wouldn't say they were participating for 45 minutes. The fact that the second half was nil-nil, God knows what they got told at half-time, but it worked. I, mean, I, I suppose you probably can't run back that far, but was that a game that O'Hanlon actually played quite well in it as well, or was it one of those ones where even he had a stinker? It was just the whole team that day. It really yeah, just was. didn't turn up, yeah. yeah. In, interesting career of all, didn't he? So like you said, they started in Middlesbrough. Um, I think he was from Saltburn, wasn't he? He's not far from Middlesbrough. Yeah, um, he's, from, he's from over that way, yeah. yeah. Obviously, that lengthy spell at Rotherham, I think he made nearly 250 appearances for them, came to us, and then ended that second season, went to Preston North End. He spent a bit of time there. Didn't play that much in his first spell there, did he? No, um, no. Then he went to Dundee United and then came back down to Preston and... I think he was pretty much just like the, the senior number two, wasn't he, for about four yeah, or five seasons? Yeah, sort of in, into his coaching a lot of it. Yeah, and obviously he coached under um, David Moyes when he was manager there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, did he have the chance to go with Moyes to Everton? He had the chance to go to Everton and I think he turned it down because was was he at Barnsley coaching or something at the time? There's something like that. No, I think he was caretaker at, at Preston when yeah. Moyes left and then... After a short while, Moyes said, I want you to come and be part of my coaching team at Everton. Yeah. But I think he felt a bit of loyalty to Preston and decided to stay there. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember who the... I think he might have been Billy Davis, possibly, actually. He would have been yeah. the manager after Moyes. Um, he then went to Barnsley and actually was under Simon Davy there as part of the coaching staff yeah, there. Yeah. Um, nowadays, he's got a lovely old job there, hasn't he? A lovely, lovely old job. Yeah, he's a, in America, isn't he? He's in Georgia, yeah, in America, the Southern Soccer Academy. He's been the, the head coach basically there for the, the last year or so, I think. Um, the interesting one, though, because they're a club that's affiliated with Chelsea, actually. So I think they basically, young Americans sort of play there, and if they're any good... Chelsea potentially take them off their hands yeah, right. for cheaper fees. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's an interesting one there, Dan. Uh, 93 appearances in total um, over those two seasons for Calmo Hanlon. And like you said, he's one of those keepers. Isn't it? I mean, it's like, I always look back and think Luke Weaver was a better keeper than people gave him credit for. Right? In a very poor team, we potentially would have been down comfortably in that 99-0 season. It wasn't for him, would we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the defence then. So right back, um, here's a name that, a lot of United fans will know. And uh, I know at least one person who listens to this podcast is, is besotted with this fella, uh, our own <laughs> Aldi. It's uh, Darren Edmondson. You're going for a right back. Edmo, uh, a youth product. Okay. Got him all with a cross in. Oh, it's going the back of the net. Dave Edmondson gives Carl out the lead. A hopeful cross into the box. Edmondson heads in the first. Oh, slack marking in the middle. And the ball just fell to the head of uh, Darren Edmondson there. 
and it crept under the body of Simon Fowler and into the back of the net. Tremendous tackle there by Edward Edmondson and then Aspinall and a beautiful ball through to Dan Edmondson. He chipped it out of the goalkeeper oh, and it's not the goal from Edmondson. And, and that really again. is wonderful play before Dan Edmondson made the first tackle, a crunching tackle in midfield. Rodden Aspinall made an equally crunching second tackle. Edmondson continued his run forward and a beautiful ball through from Aspinall to Edmondson and Edmondson beautifully chips the goalkeeper as the goalkeeper went down. Dan Edmondson just lifted above him a cool piece of finishing which should have been copied by his forward. But that was one of the best goals we've seen at Brooklyn Park for a very long time. Yeah. I, I did um and ah with Rory Delap, but Delap did more once he moved on. Yeah. So he only had sort of the two or three seasons with us, whereas uh, Edmondson had a good seven seasons with us. Mm. You know, he played over 200 games, he scored a few goals. He made us a bit of money in the end when he moved on to Huddersfield, you know. Quite a million pounds, pretty much, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously he started at United Academy. He was born in Coniston. Technically, he's not Cumbrian, is he? No, Coniston was part of yeah. Lancaster then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, so yeah, he's he, he had a lengthy seven years of United. He was he was a big part of that ninety four ninety five team, wasn't he? And him bombing up and down that flank was what. The, the blonde curtain, the, the blonde curtains flowing in the wind. It was curtains on either side, wasn't it? It was Jeff yeah. Thorpe occasionally down the left, and it was him down the right. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, he was he was a hell of a player back then, though, wasn't he? And he scored a few goals. Well, most famously that goal against uh, Sunderland in the FA Cup. Yeah, got. brilliant. Yeah, what, what a day out that was. But mm. uh, no, he just you know he he he, he sort of epitomised what the paddock liked to see in a fullback in front of them. You know, he got up and down the wing. And he got stuck in, and and he looked like he cared, you know. And, yeah. And, and the paddock had a, had a harsh, had a harsh crowd to play in front yeah. of, you know. And you know, you won't find many paddockites who have a bad word to say about Edmondson. Oh, it's funny you say that though. When he left, he also went to Huddersfield, but then later in his career, he ended up at uh, York City and Chester. And he played against us for York a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah. And he was quite happy to wind up the Carlisle fans in those games, wasn't <laughs> yeah. he? I seem to remember. But I think people sort of appreciate that was the kind of player he was, and we didn't really yeah, have fun with yeah. that. Um, Post playing career, he did pretty well in management, though, didn't he? I mean, the job he did at Workington was incredible, and you look back at it now, he got them into the, the Conference North and kept them there and actually nearly got them into the Conference National, didn't he? Over yeah, a couple of seasons. Yeah. They, had, they had a very good couple of seasons under him, didn't they? And, yeah, uh, and he went to Barrow, did okay at Barrow as well, but didn't quite work out in the end. He obviously got let go from there. I think he only really had one of a management spell that was a brief caretaker role at Bradford Park Avenue before he actually then turned up at United again didn't he he's the uh, the head of youth academy um, yes. over a few seasons I think it, he, he had a part to play didn't he in the development of some of the most recent uh, products to come through the youth setup. Yeah, some, some some of the lads who are sort of coming through now will have uh, come through uh, during his time so you know he's, he's had a little part to play and he, he he left quickly. We won't really mention that because this isn't the place for that. But yeah. uh, he's actually now turned up at Parkview Academy, who the club have a link with. So he sort of swings and roundabouts. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, he's in this in this team you picked because you've gone with a four four two diamond in this team, haven't you? Yes, he's a perfect kind of player for that, isn't he? Because he's just going to bomb up and down that oh, field yeah, as much yeah, as he, yeah. he likes, isn't he? Yeah, that's the kind of player he was. All right, well, let's move to the other flank then, Dan. And your left back, you've gone for Archie, Owen Archdeacon. Now Aspinall, McAlinden and Janssen are in the middle. 
Chips cross. McAlinden takes it on the chest. Now it's Holloway. And again, Aspinall. And Carlisle United take the lead. Three minutes of the second half played. Archdeacon, the captain, his third goal of the season, but he's first from open play. First it looked as if it was going to be the header from Janssen, but it fell to Archdeacon. With an emphatic finish from close range, making it Carlisle 1, Gillingham now. Well, that's just the start to the second half that Carlisle United were looking for. Only, so he spent, only spent maybe a season and a half at the club, but I mean, he yeah, made a hell what of a impact. What a season and a half he had. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean there, there is other left-backs we've had, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of younger folk will pick uh, Zegor Aronaldi, you know, uh, Danny Granger in recent years, but Owen Archdeacon had a, a touch of class about him for me, you know, he... he, he he scored a few goals. I know one or two were penalties, but and he was more of a left wing back for us as opposed yeah. to an out and out left back. But uh, what what a player he was in that sort of eighteen months. He was a midfielder for most of his career till he came to us, though, wasn't he? I think he tended to play yeah. midfield for Celtic and for Barnsley. Um, yeah. Came to us and um, back then, uh, Mervyn Day had a sort of three five two or five three two, whichever you want to look at it formation that we played didn't he and and he was a big part of that it was um him him on the left uh wing and Roy Delap on the right wasn't it, it was bombing yeah, up and yeah. down Delap having good. sort of come in and replaced Edmondson when Edmondson went yes yeah but effectively he did because he was actually a centre midfielder wasn't he Delap yeah his he, early day. and a striker actually he played as a striker for a bit yeah to be yeah. fair yeah, he was a striker when he came through the youth academy I think yeah. but then sort of gradually made his way back in the team didn't he yeah. um, and then but forward again when he was at Stoke to play centre midfield um, yeah he, he started to create Celtic and he, he actually picked up a title winners medal with Celtic in 1986 and he, he played more than I realised for Celtic I thought he was similar to Hel- helping in that he didn't really play that many games but but actually he played about 80 odd games didn't he I think and, yeah yeah, yeah he did, did pretty well there Um you mentioned he was a penalty specialist, but, <laughs> but he wasn't. <laughs> he missed the biggest one of all, didn't he? Yeah, he did. In the uh, for the younger fans who maybe don't remember, uh, he obviously was part of the team that got to the Wembley final for the Ottawa Windscreen Shield in 1997. That went to penalties, and he was obviously, as you'd expect, as our regular penalty taker, and scored a fair few that season. He was first up to take one, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, I feel feel for him even now looking at it because it's the worst penalty he's probably ever taken. Yeah, you know, yeah, I it think was atrocious. It was like, ninety nine times out of hundred, he steps up to take a penalty there. He smashes it in the back of there. Yeah, no yeah, ball, doesn't he? I mean, that penalty shootout, we were three one down and won it four three. Mm. Such was the turnaround. So. Yeah, well, he got Kagi to thank for that, hasn't he? Yeah, man? definitely. His penalty saves and Dino stepping up to take one of the calmest penalties you ever see as well. When <laughs> yeah. he was, uh, on a knife edge. Um, yeah, just just a brilliant all round play, wasn't he? A bit of a bit of Nelson experience as well. I didn't realise we sold him for a hundred grand as well to Greenock Morton. That yeah, surprised yeah. me. I thought yeah. he went on a free for some reason because a lot of players no, didn't and leave then. I'll tell you something: you wouldn't get that sort of money from a lower league Scottish club nowadays. God no, definitely not. It was, I mean, in a strange way, it's a hell of a feat to actually get, really, isn't it? When you when you look back at yeah, it, but, yeah, yeah, very, very odd one. Um, yeah, uh, since he's retired, he's sort of worked with the youth set up at Celtic quite a bit, I think. I think he's still working there now. His son was a player there, wasn't he, as well? He was at Motherwell, I think, and yeah. he's playing at the uh, junior level in Scotland now. But cracking player, Archie. Um, 
still quite well fondly remembered. Not not one player tends to get mentioned as much though, is he? Because I think he's, like you say, we've had quite a few good left backs down the years in here. Yeah, yeah. People maybe tend to overlook him because he was only here for a season and a half. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get on to centre backs. Let's get on to the uh, the big man himself, Dan. There's, on, there's only one big man at Carlisle United, the Gallic genius that was Stefan Punovacci. What a centre back! Five blue shirts bunched together, waiting to receive. Well, keeper loses it, and it's in. Stefan Punovacci. Well, Neil Moss lost out. Punovacci was there to score Carlisle United's second goal. 63 minutes played. The Frenchman, his first goal of the season. It goes down as the goalkeeping mistake by Neil Moss, failing to deal with the free kick. Pudwachi, the goal poacher. Not a role you'd really expect from him, but pretty effective in it. First Frenchman to play for the club as well, wasn't he? <sighs> Would be he, was for, he was just he was just Stefan, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean the fact that we actually signed him is still quite incredible when you look back at it now, isn't it? Yeah. Ridiculous, because a lot of fans, some fans might think, oh, you know, he was playing in the lower levels of France and we got him from there. He spent, I think, the last three or four seasons before he joined us playing in the top flight in France. Yeah. The wage Punovacci got, it was rumoured to be a couple of grand a week plus a couple of grand a week signing on fee. So four grand a week. I would say the equivalent now would probably be about 10 to 15 grand a week. It was a lot of money. They reckon if you allow for inflation, he's probably our best play player ever. Yeah, yeah. Because I think someone was saying that Jamie Proctor was on pretty much the same wage as Punovacci had been on (laughs) like 20 years earlier or whatever. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, the difference. Um, Yeah, he he started out there, Sedan uh, Ardance in France. He had a spell at Martiques and Gwingon. Um, that's why United signed him from, isn't it? You can yes. get there's Panini stickers you can buy of him on eBay, isn't there? Yeah, occasionally yeah. come because that because he was playing in top flight France. Um, we signed, we basically benefited from the Bosman, really, wasn't it? Because I think that was a year before that, yeah, came in, yeah, a year or two, and that's essentially how we were able to get him sort of free. The, the first wave of foreign footballers started yeah. coming over in the mid 90s, didn't yeah, they? especially at lower league level. You had your likes of you know Roberto Martinez, at, um. Yeah, Rigging as well, didn't you? Yeah, the Free Amigos. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he was one of those sort of players. Uh, I love this fact as well. What's his middle name, Dan? Zeus Nagapa. <laughs> Zeus Nagapa. What a mi- Why did we not know about that when he was playing for us? The, it the just, just sums a man up, doesn't it? The amount of content we could have got out of that was brilliant. I mean, I mean, a lot of our young fans might not know what kind of player he was. What, how would you describe him? Oh, sexual, silky, <laughs> superb. Oh, just, there's far just, too many adjectives I could use here. He was a powerhouse, wasn't he? He was yeah. just a his strength and power and his ability to bring the ball out of defence. But he made well. it look so easy. Yeah, he was he would glide. He would glide out of defence with the ball. Yeah. And if you saw a modern-day Lord Division centre-back glide like that, I'll be quite honest, you'd shit yourself and think, just get rid of it. <laughs> but he, he used to just glide up to the midfield and then knock it off, you know. It was, yeah. oh, he was class, absolutely class. And he scored a couple of goals as well. Yeah, he, that's the only thing you'd say. Maybe he could have scored a few more, couldn't he? Because he only scored yeah, a handful yeah. for us. But I think he scored some quite big goals, I seem to remember. I can't remember exactly when, but but he was, yeah, he was a, he was a cracking player. And it still surprised, well, I suppose you say he still surprised me. He was getting on a little bit by the time he did leave us, wasn't he? I think he was at 29. So he wasn't getting younger. No, and, no. 
he didn't have a particularly successful spell anywhere after us, did he? No, I think he did Dundee, Port Vale, Colchester and Scunthorpe. And he just sort of flitted between them for two or three seasons. But uh, he actually winded up being, uh, and I think he possibly still is, a football agent. Hmm. He's based um, in Newcastle, I think, out in the northeast, isn't he? Yeah, he's. He, I think he obviously goes back to France a lot, but uh, he's a bit of a player in the football agency. I know you, if you Google his name, you can see him on... Uh, There's a YouTube video, isn't there, of him and yeah, Thierry Henry? You can see a couple of things registered to him for with a quick Google and that. So. Yeah, good good mates with Thierry Henry as well. Yeah. Interesting one, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on. Next up, we've got another centre-back, and this is a name that a lot of young fans will not know. I know of the name. I never saw him play because he was before my time, Dan. And it's it's a bit of a sad story as well, isn't it, really, this one? But it, it, he was a player, again, playing in a poor team, but excelled in that team, didn't he? Yeah, and it is Nigel Saddington. Hanchard had other chances, but on the frosty surface, they slipped away. And Nigel Saddington, Carlisle's best player in the first game, scored an equaliser. Saddington, for me, was just a proper, hard, no-nonsense centre-back. But he could play a little bit, you know. He would be be an animal in the game. He'd probably get booked every week (laughs) this day and age. But he was just... Tall, strong, with his ginger hair and his tash, he was just. If you had to, if you had to describe a player back then, mm. Nigel Saddington would be it. You know what? I was literally just about to say. If you, if you had your, your, your Apple phone away and you said Siri, show me an early nineties lower league centre back, a, a picture of Nigel Saddington would come up. Just yeah, Google him. Yeah, he, yeah. he looks the epitome of an early nineties footballer, yeah. doesn't he? Basically. Yeah. And he he looks magnificent in one of those old kits that we obviously talked yeah. about, doesn't he? Um, interesting career path though, because obviously he's a Sunderland lad, isn't he? But he started out playing in sort of non-league level um, for some like very lower, like you think like Penrith level now, don't you? Sides yes, yeah. In Sunderland, he was then picked up by Doncaster, had a brief spell with them. Left- to, to be to be fair though, what we deem as non-league over here. The North East is a hotbed for non-league. And oh, yeah, yeah it's true. As, as you'll see in like the FA Vars and the FA Trophy, it's taken a lot more seriously there than it is in a lot of places. So it is quite a good standard of football. That's true, it's true. But it's, it's an interesting career path anyway, though, isn't it, when you look at it? Because, like I said, he, he was at Doncaster. Um, then he left them and went back to play things for like Roker FC and teams like that yeah, over yeah. in Sunderland. Teams that I'm not sure even exist anymore. And he was then picked up by Laurie McMenemy. At um, Sunderland, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. His dream move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you just wouldn't see happen now, would you, really? No, no. Very, very rare. Incredibly rare. Didn't actually play that much for Sunderland, but I suppose that would have been his dream, just to play a handful against them at least. Uh, and then he turned up at United, didn't he? And he's a bit unlucky in that he turned up in a period where things were rapidly going downhill. But he was part Big of a time. team yeah. that did very well over two seasons, didn't he? Over half of one team, half another, didn't they? Yeah, he was he was under the uh, the middle mass era, and mm. uh, we you know we 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 should we should have made the playoffs. We got beat uh, heavily at Maidstone, was it? Maidstone five two on the last day mm. of the season, and it just sort of went pear shape again in the aftermath of that. But uh, the, the the sort of the two players that you would pick from your back end back then 
with Saddington and Paul Fitzpatrick, who mm. who could play centre back or defensive midfield, and he was a sweeper was, as well. Fitzpatrick, wasn't yeah, he? he was another who who sort of frame and build belied his his sort of technical ability. Mm. Got a few goals as well, didn't he, Saddington? Yeah, yeah. He took he took uh, took the penalties now and again. He did, yeah. That's that's a, that's a fair point. But I mean, he, he, even he, for that, yeah. he, got, he got the odd header as well, which, which yeah. is what you know. If your centre backs can pop three or four each in, you know, that's that's a few. Yeah. Um, in terms of towards the end of his kind of career, was it a bit bit sad, wasn't it? Really, because yeah, yeah, he was. He wasn't particularly old, was he? When he had to effectively retire from professional football, yeah, he was. He was yeah, he diagnosed got, with ME, yeah. wasn't he? Yes, and. Uh, I, I think at the time, I'm, and the club didn't really know how to handle it. Would be the best no. way to. Yeah, I mean, obviously now the game's a lot more professional, mm. and something like this would be dealt with a lot better. But I think back then it wasn't really dealt with very well by the club, which mm. not the best from the club, but at the same time, not probably a situation that came up in the modern game very much so no so obviously he was diagnosed with ME and then he uh, briefly went into non-league football with Gator he had one season there didn't he but I think I think at that point he was like there's no point in carrying this on was yeah, so yeah, he yeah. he retired from the game became a car salesman out in the north east uh, sadly he passed away in 2019 due to heart disease yes he? so yeah sadly uh, pretty young wasn't it really how, he was He was still heard. quite young when he when he passed away but uh, as as people who went to games back then will say what a good solid player yeah, cracking player. And he, he he would actually allow Stefan to go wandering in this in, in this team of mine. So. Yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah. would. I mean, he, he was he was twenty seven when he retired. Yeah, Just no age really to have to retire. Not, not at all. Not at all. So there you go. All right. Well, we've we've done the defence now, Dan. So there's your, your goalkeeper of uh, O'Hanlon and your back four of Edmondson uh, at right back, Owen Ashdeacon at left back, and your centre back Stefan and. Uh, Nigel Saddington, I mean, that's a strong backline, isn't it? They, they would concede about seven all season. <laughs> you'd hope, wouldn't you? You'd hope. This, this is like ultimate football manager, isn't it? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's the dream. The dream. Yeah. So let's get into midfield then, Dan. First up, Simon Davey. But after that, it was all Carlisle. An offside decision spared David Curry's blushes. And a few minutes later, he set up Simon Davey for the equaliser, catching out the Sunderland defence and sending the Cumbrian supporters a mask behind the goal into ecstasy. It was almost exactly the same script as last season's cup match, but with Carlisle looking more capable of victory. Bit of a, bit of a polarising figure for some fans though, isn't he? Yes, because he went to Preston. Yeah. But he came in uh, in 92 on a free from Swansea, and he, he, he was part of a sort of initial wave under Michael Knighton in 92 to about, was it 95 when he left? Yeah. You know, he, he the first season where we finished mid-table, then we got to the playoffs and then we won the league. And uh, he, he actually got transferred before we won the league, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't get to play Wembley either. Cause he no, no. Yeah. But uh, he, he sort of, he was the captain when he came in and he helped build the team and, Obviously, there was the goodwill under the beginning of the night and ownership, and he was just a bloody good footballer as well. Proper box-to-box midfielder, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of player he was. I mean, I think if you look at the modern-day team, you'd probably compare him to Callum Guy, wouldn't you? Except he gets goals, which Callum Guy yeah, yeah. sadly doesn't and get. 
But speak, speaking of goals, if you haven't seen it, just Google Simon Davy Carlisle Shrewsbury for the oh. greatest free kick in the history of Carlisle United. It's one of those ones, though, you look at it and they probably should have put a wall up for it. <laughs> at least, shouldn't they, really? But they didn't. He's just 35 yards out. He just runs up and he levers it and it just flew in. I was in the Warwick Road end for that game, so we had the perfect view of it. Mm. And, oh, as obviously it went into the waterworks end, but he just absolutely levered it. It's kind of like when people look back on it. I posted up on the Facebook group the other day the, the David Simonson goal he scored against Scunthorpe. Yes, yeah, yeah. Similar to that, but he doesn't sort of hit it with the outside of his, you know, the inside, it's in step or whatever, like seven just inches. Full he on, just on, levers the, it. on the laces, on the levered it, you know. He just absolutely whacks it. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, he joined us from Swansea. Interestingly, his time in Swansea, he played in the Cup Winners' Cup because they yeah, won the yeah, Welsh Cup. The Welsh Cup, Cup yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played against Monaco and Panathinaikos during that time. Incredible, that isn't it? Um, as I mentioned, there he's a very box to box midfielder, chipped in with goals, but he was just all over the pitch. His energy was yeah. incredible. I mean, 93 94, he made the PFA team of the year, didn't he? Yeah, he did indeed. And he was second top scorer that season, just yeah. behind uh, Reeves, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the top scorer. He also scored a goal against Sunderland in the FA Cup, didn't he? I think he did, yeah, yeah. Two seasons in a row, we, we drew with them 1-1 one, one at... Uh, yeah, Park. and then brought them brought them back over here both mm. years, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously he left for Preston just before the end of 94-95 season, so he missed out on Wimbledon. But he had made enough appearances, hadn't he, to pick up a title win? Yes, oh yeah, yeah. I think I think it was... Uh, obviously he didn't have... It was about mid-February or something, because mm. you didn't have the windows back then no, like you, you didn't. do now. So for all the, all the teenagers listening out there, um, what they used to do is that... Transfer deadline was just there was one a season, wasn't there? Yeah, that it was, was like mid March or something. It was the third Thursday of March. I remember yeah, that yeah. fact. It was interesting one to say. It was it, back then you didn't have Sky Sports News. You were sat there watching CFAX, weren't you? CFAX or the radio if you were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> back then, Radio Five wasn't really a thing much. No, not in the same way it is now, was it? It's, no. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so obviously he went to Preston. Who did he play alongside on his debut for Preston, though, Dan? David Beckham. Indeed, he did, and it was a free kick given in that game. And Dave used to take the free kicks at Carlisle, and I think he said to David, David Beckham went up to him and this cocky young lad on over Manchester United said, <laughs> "I'm taking this one." He's like, "Excuse me," <laughs> he's like, "I'll take it," and he's like, "I think he was a bit miffed about that." And yeah. there you go, Beckham stepped up and pinged it in the top corner. And he's like, "All right, this lad's pretty good then." For <laughs> yeah, we'll let, we'll let you off. <laughs> yeah, um, he didn't actually play for much longer after that, though, did he? I think he only had like no, two, three no. seasons there. He did win yeah, the title, yeah. though, didn't he, with Preston? The season after yes, one of us. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had to retire at the age of 27. Uh, back injury cut his uh, career short. He coached at Preston's Academy. Uh, then he moved to a similar role at Barnsley and became their first team manager, didn't he? I seem to remember he had a famous FA Cup run with them, didn't he? Did they yes. Chelsea, I think it was. Was it Mourinho? Yeah, I think it was Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, I remember them beating Chelsea in the FA Cup. So he had three years there before he was uh, sacked. He had two managerial spells in, in, in one year. One at Darlington, and then he sort of left. when they, I mean, they were an absolute mess back then, weren't they? Yeah, that's, 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 when, that's when Darlington were peak, you know, sort of blowing up, weren't they? So. Yeah, so he ended up uh, leaving Darlington to go to Hereford. But Hereford were much better, I don't think, and no, ended no. up leaving there after a short while. Um, he had a few scouting roles, I think, after that, but he now finds himself... Funny enough, being Callum O'Hanlon's boss in America, doesn't he? He's I wonder how Callum got that job. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? It's a, yeah. It, 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 the setup there, obviously, they're linked to it Chelsea closely. But if you haven't got John Coleman's books, The Bolts and the Blues, he talks about that goal against Shrewsbury with Simon. And Simon talks about his life now in America. And he said, like, it's just 
why would I want to come back to the to England and manage and have the pressure? Yeah, much more. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine it must be such a good life living out there. Yeah, managing. But there you and, go. and 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 having the tag of ex-professional in England probably carries a bit of weight. It does, and apparently some of these pupils who work at the academy there occasionally show him, like they they find the goal he scored against things. Like, yeah, was yeah. that you? Was that really you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Thing to brag about, though, isn't it? Yeah, too, right? To, there you go. So there you go, that's your... You've put him as a sort of holding midfielder, Yeah, the holding midfielder, because the other three would play in front across, you know, one on the left, one in the middle, one on the right. But I think it's fair to say he'd be bombing up and down the pitch whenever he wanted. Wouldn't oh, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, let's go to right wing then, Dan. Rob Thomas. Two home matches in the space of four days produced two more wins. Rob Thomas opened his account for the season against Exeter with a spectacular overhead effort. Mansfield were the next opponents in a midweek fixture. Rob Thomas was again on the score sheet. His opener here was almost as special as his winner against Exeter. The flowing dreadlocks of Rod- Roderick Thomas. Oh, what 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 a! I mean, he he was he's one of those players you just love to watch because he just gets you off your seat, didn't he? Yeah. He was, if, if he was in the mood, woof, you know, the, the, the fullbacks were just terrified him, weren't they? Yeah. Interesting. Also, you mentioned the fact that his name's Roderick. Our fans used to think there's only one Rodney Thomas, didn't they? Yeah. Partly because Roderick doesn't flow or doesn't scan yeah, well, yeah. Like, does it? But well, there you go. But no. Rod Thomas uh, started his career at Watford. Um, he was described as the next Pele when he was 14 years old, wasn't it? Because he, he was playing in all the England youth setups, and he was apparently just an unbelievable player for them. But he never quite kicked on, did he, at Watford? No, no. I mean, you, you do see that with quite uh, a lot of players at that age. And uh, what was Watford and England's loss was our gain, really. Well, it's interesting you mentioned England. Obviously, he played at England under-21 level. He played one, made one appearance for them, didn't he? And it's lucky he did, because if he hadn't, then Mick Wadsworth might never have spotted him, might he? Because yes, he was part of the England youth setup back then, wasn't he? Yes, Mick Wadsworth was in, in and out the England setup in various mm. scouting and backroom roles. So. so yeah, obviously he'd spotted it Thomas back then when he heard he was being released by Watford. He basically snapped him up for Carl, didn't he? And thank God he did. 169 appearances over his um, four years at the club, 19 goals. Just a, a cracking play. Well, he's got some great goals. I'd, I mean, I'd, one against... I'd love... I'd love to know how many he set up. Oh yeah, because I mean, I, either directly or indirectly. Well, he wasn't the greatest crosser in the world, was he? Really? No, because he's no. only a small player, quite small stature. But, but, but he, it, he could get it to the byline, be, couldn't he? Yeah, you know, it'd be his run. It'd be two or three. He'd knock it back to someone who'd put it in for someone to score. You know, he so. must have set a hell of a lot up for David Reeves, mustn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You think back to it, but he was—he was a player. He's just so good on the ball, so exciting. I mean, and bear in mind, like. The Brunton Park pitch back then was not a good pitch, was it? It was nowhere near what it is today. I mean, t- today, having playing in that team today... It's like a bowling oh, green today. He'd be, he'd be loving it, wouldn't he? Playing in that pitch yeah. right now. But yeah, he, he just was one of those players, wasn't he, who just really excited fans. And a, and ma- a massive part of that team that won the third division title. Wasn't yeah, it? and he, you know, I mean, he was probably the first Carlisle player to have dreadlocks. <laughs> would be, you, yeah. you know, and, you know, he just... It was part of the wave, you know, I, I talked a, a few minutes ago about, you know, Simon Davey was part of the initial euphoria. Yeah. This was when we were on the crest of the wave under in the night and years. And, 
94, 95, yeah, we got relegated, but we came back up again and, you know, Rod Thomas was bang smack central to all of this, you know, as, mm. as you say, you know, Thomas, Reeves, Curry, you know, it's... The what what would early. you give? What I say? What would you give for that now? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He didn't play as much under Mervyn Day though, did he? In that sort of no, second no. promotion campaign, because partly because he just didn't fit into the system, did he? Yeah. He... Well, as you said, when we're on about uh, Archdeacon Day, sort of played the three-five-two-five-three-two. So, so he didn't really fit in so much as a winger. I think he, he played more as a striker, really, didn't he? As a sort of sub striker yeah, yeah, in those yeah. games. So ended up leaving the club to go to Chester at a few more seasons, played at Brighton. And I think he scored against us for Brighton, possibly. I seem to remember. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he sort of just disappeared out of the game, didn't he? He didn't really yeah. go into non-league or anything. When yeah. I was working in London, I stopped for a few years in Harrow in northwest London. And apparently he was the manager of a Phones for You. He was definitely in... managing a mobile phone shop. I remember that, yeah. And I actually went in one day on the sole purpose of just shaking <laughs> his hand and he was on a week's annual leave. <sighs> Unbelievable, that. Yeah. That's just rotten luck, isn't it? Because yeah. I'd imagine he would have enjoyed uh, meeting you. Yeah, well, yeah. Not as much as I would have enjoyed meeting <laughs> him again. Yeah. Shook his hand and probably hugged him as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I did have a retro Carlisle top on for the occasion. Oh, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Right, let's move to the other wing then, Dan. We're going a bit further back now to a man, I think... Anyone would say, like, if you talk about you missed a car United today, obviously Andrew Jenkins is one who's going to get mentioned. But if you go next this down from fe- him, this, fe- this fella isn't far behind, is he? Oh, absolutely. John Alpin. Telford this season are not the Telford of old. A man short was too big a handicap. Before the end, John Halpin headed in the fourth goal. No glory for non-league Shropshire this season. What a, what a guy. What a guy. First up, Cracking bloke. Yes. You know, he was obviously settled in the area again, originally from Celtic. But, and the younger listeners just won't get how bloody good he was on. He was a proper old fashioned left winger. Yeah. And he he was absolutely unreal. Mm. He, he, I'm, I'm trying to think of. I, I honestly think he would be top end championship into the Premier League if he was around today. Absolutely. That's how good he was for me. I mean, I, I, I've only seen little bits of footage from when he was playing for us towards the end of his time. And he, we'll get onto it in a minute, but he was badly affected by injuries. So he wasn't the same player. But you could still see, despite those injuries, just how good a footballer he was, yeah. wasn't he? I mean, um, he broke his leg three times yeah. at Carlisle United. Uh, one of them was the uh, the horrible incident by Brian Laws from Middlesbrough. Hence yeah. why Carlisle fans have always disliked Brian, shall we say? Yeah, that's put in mind. But, uh, apparently, uh, one of them at Rochdale, he did it at Rochdale, mm. and there was a rumour at the time, I'd, I've never known how true this is, but Liverpool were interested in signing mm. him. As Liverpool used to pluck players from the lower league they did, didn't they? Yeah. and turn them into superstars back then, and there was a rumour that it was all in the pipes, and... Carlisle wanted him to play in a big game at Rochdale. He mm. broke his leg and the rest is history. I mean, it's, it's sad to think that that would happen, but in a way, it's Carlisle United's long-term game. We've got someone who's been a brilliant servant to this football club, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah. You mentioned what a great player he was. I mean, in his early time in the club, he scored 
a goal that a lot of Carlo fans say is one of the greatest goals scored by a Cal United player, don't they? Yeah. He, he, he was against Blackburn Rovers. and it's, Again, it's one of the ones that's mentioned in, in John Coleman's Bolts from the Blues book. Yeah, yeah. And he, he beat about four or five players, didn't he? Picked it up on the left, beat about four or five players and then smashed it into the back of the net. And it's a shame there's no real footage of that anywhere, is there? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure there probably is somewhere. I wonder if Blackburn Rovers maybe have some or something. I don't know because they probably got a better archive than we do as a club. But it's one of those goals that people just still talk about now who saw it, don't they, and say, what a player. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he, you know, he's, he's not the biggest of blocks, Halpy. He, he, you know, he's your typical sort of low centre of gravity. It's not pint size winger, isn't he? Yeah, but, you know, a drop of the shoulder, a jink, and he was away, and that the ball was in, you know. He was, he was just, he was, he was rapid, and... Yeah, the leg breaks maybe took a little bit of the pace over the years, but, you know... It's, he was a clever it, player as well, though, wasn't he? Because he, yeah. he didn't just rely on pace, did he? He was he was very clever on the ball and he used the ball well from... I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who hadn't seen him play, but from what everyone I spoke to says that's the kind of player he was back then. Big part of the team that was obviously in, the, in what is now the championship was back then the second division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, well, he, he came through sort of... We were in the, what's now the championship. Then we had a bad couple of years where we got relegated from the championship and now what's League One and then finished 23rd in League Two in three mm. seasons, which coincidentally were my first three seasons following <laughs> the club. Yeah. So, so I mean, you got to see him playing in a, again in a particularly poor team, but he clearly Yeah, yeah, yeah a, a classic, a classic example of, you know, a good player in a bad team. Yep. Um, it's funny, a lot of your players are good players in bad teams, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? Tells you a lot yeah. about following Kai United. They're, they're either a good player in a bad team or good players in very good teams. There's no middle ground with yeah. Carlisle United. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he, he had those leg breaks with us and towards the end of his career, he wasn't getting as much game time, was he? So he, he went to Rochdale, had a brief spell there. Didn't really work out for him there either, did it? Um then went to Gretna, I think, for a short while, but then returned yeah, to Cali United. For a bit, yeah. Returned to Cali United to be part of the football and the community set up. And I also remember this because this my first experience of me and Harley was through that. I remember going to um it would have been out on the more close sports centre in Workington. Um they had a, one of the football and the community like you know, soccer schools. Soccer schools they had like yeah. the, the, the school yeah, holidays. Yeah. I remember helping being at those and just remember what a genuinely nice bloke he was. And, yeah, yeah. You know, made you he, but I wasn't a particularly good footballer back then. I got a little bit better, not much better, but I wasn't a great footballer back then. But he didn't he didn't make anyone who wasn't a good footballer feel like they shouldn't be there. And that was, yeah, that was yeah, a big player, yeah. wasn't he? And, you know, he's he's a big link between the football club and the community even now, isn't he? The way he, he oh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People know him because he... Because people know... I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Basically... People have got goodwill towards Kanye, and part of it's down to, to him and the way he treats people in the community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he also had a brief spell as a joint manager with David Wilkes, and I'll say his name, but he wasn't really involved, was he? Michael Knighton was part of that trio. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, interesting, people look back at that and think, oh, it was a disaster and everything. But actually, you look back at it, we played some bloody good football on that team that went down, didn't we? The, the worst result we had was a 4-1 win at Wickham. yeah. <laughs> because that, that that convinced uh, Knight and it was the way to go. Yeah, but we, but even after that, there were some games we played some really good football. I mean, that 3 0 win at Deepdale over Preston, amongst others, there was a few of us. I think that we beat Southend 5 0 as well back then. I yeah, think. yeah. 
I think we possibly beat Bristol Rovers 3-0 as well. Yeah, quite yeah, a lot we, of goals, wasn't there? Yeah, we scored lots of goals and we were an exciting team to watch at times. I know some people who genuinely say we played some like brilliant football. Just defensively, we were a little bit of a shambles, weren't we? And ended up going yeah, down yeah. as a result, which is a real shame. We lost Janssen and Delap as well towards the end of the season, which didn't help matters either. No, not it? at so, all. Not at all. So yeah, it, it's one of those ones and he absolutely ended up stepping down to become assistant manager under Nigel Pearson helped keep us up in the long term and he was just treated really shabbily by night at the end of that season wasn't yeah he? yeah him and I don't know did they get rid of Wilkesy as well I think I, I think remember. he disappeared for a couple of years and then he came back yeah yeah I think they both ended up coming back and yeah help him return to his role in the in the community setup and he he's still there now isn't he which just yep. goes to show you doesn't he what, what a great guy he was yeah. um so there you go that's that's helping your left winger Let's move to attacking midfield then now, Dan. And this is the name that maybe a little bit surprised some people, possibly, maybe not to others. Paul Proudlock. At the start of the second half, Carlisle came back with a goal from Paul Proudlock. Scunthorpe have conceded two further goals and Scavell may concede another here. And they have. It's Paul Proudlock who nods in that uh, thoughtful centre from the left. Unconvincing play from... Uh, Mark Evans, who I thought perhaps he... Paul Proudlock, what a player. What a player. Mm. He, uh, he, he should have done, done more in his career. Mm. I, think, I think that's a fair comment. And it, if he was in the mood, he was unplayable. Mm. But he wasn't in the mood enough without being too harsh. Yeah. But, and he could, if it, if he put as much effort into his on-field as he did having a pint in the beehive, <laughs> he probably would have played at a higher level. Yeah. But that's that's how football was back then. And again, he's another who played in a really bad time for the club, 88 to 92, mm. when we really were a bad team. Yeah, like an awful team back then. Yeah, I, I always remember a classic. Uh, there was a rumour he was going to Hartlepool in about 91 for £5,000, and a lad I know had a banner up in the Warwick Road end, we want Paul Proudlock, not (laughs) £5,000. There you go. And there was uproar over that banner at the time, because nothing like that ever happened, you know. Well, there was, he nearly joined Crew Alexandra, didn't he? And I think he he says in his, again, (laughs) he's in John Coleman's book, for his goal against Derby County in the League Cup. Yes, brilliant goal. He mentions that he had a chance to go to Crew, and he slightly regrets not taking it because, as it turned out, Michael Knight didn't particularly like him, did he? I mean, they didn't get on. They didn't see eye to eye. Let's just say, yeah, it's yeah. fair to say. No, not the only player that happened to, to be fair. No, but not by long chalk, no. No, but yeah, as I mentioned, they scored that goal against Derby County in the League Cup, and they had Peter Schilling goal, didn't they? I'm just thinking there. The Crew of the early '90s would probably have really suited Paul Proudlock mm. because. They were known as a football playing team, yeah. you know, the likes of David Platt and uh, what have you had come through them by then. So Robbie Savage, yeah, yeah, as well. So, yeah, let's yeah, go show. But yeah, obviously, as mentioned there against Derby County in the League Cup, uh, they had Peter Shelton in goals and Mark Wright in defence. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years earlier, they'd been well, a year or so earlier, hadn't they? It's they'd, Italia ninety, Italia ninety in the semi-finals. Yeah. Quite yeah. incredible that was when you think about it. But yeah, yeah no. 
he went to Hartlepool for most, yeah. and then he went to Gateshead, but he was at Gateshead for several years. Yeah, and, bit, uh, yeah quite a while. He, he actually managed them for the season. Yeah. Well, he says in, in John's book he didn't really enjoy management very much. He said he, he liked the coaching side of it, but he didn't like that. Yeah, to be yeah. Sat in an office ringing other managers and things like that. He just yeah, didn't enjoy yeah. it. But no, he, he doesn't seem particularly bitter about his time at the club, even though it was a tough time, but... But yeah, it's one of those ones. We'll have to dig out a few videos and stick them up on the the Twitter page, won't we? Because he scored some great goals for the club too. Yeah, yeah. But no, was, and I think, uh, like I say, he signed in eighty eight when I was ten. When when you sort of ten, eleven, twelve, and you you see a player running with the ball, you're instantly like, oh, he's good. Yeah, and that, that, <laughs> that's, that's that's probably the thing with Paul Proudlock that stuck for me because you know he would get the ball and run, which wasn't as much of a big thing back then. Mm. No, but, I, I do wonder if there's any uh, mid noughties kids who talk uh, wax lyrically about Carlos Rocker in the same way that you're doing about Paul Proudlock. <laughs> probably not. No. No, no, I think it's fair to say that's the case, isn't it? Carlos Rock, Carlos Rocker couldn't tie his, tie Proudlock's laces in my no, head. indeed, you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't. So there you go. There, that, that's your midfield completed. Then Dan, you've got a uh, Simon Davies, a holding midfielder, on the wings. You've got Rod Thomas and John Halpin, and uh, in. Attacking midfield, you've got Paul Proudlock. I mean, it's an exciting midfield. What I'm going to say is, it leaves the defence a little bit exposed. Well, <laughs> it's the the defence is that good, it, it would handle it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. we'd have to... and think, think of the chances it would create. Oh, God. It'd be, be, be certainly exciting to watch, wouldn't they? Put it this way, these two strikers would score 20-25 each. Oh, definitely. Because let, let, let's get on, straight on to them then, Dan. It's time to talk about your attackers. Yeah. I've gone for two two goal scorers. Yeah. None of this big man, little man, anything like that. I went for out and out goal scorers. And the first, funnily enough, I had a crack with him this morning yeah. when I was coming back from the shop. He was walking the dog. And it is the one and only Mally Poskett. Shoulder. Hey, good play. And Poskett. One each. He's a name I've always heard of the Carla fans talking. I never saw him play because I'm too young, unfortunately. But a lot of people rave about what a brilliant striker he was in the uh, in the in the 80s, and you obviously got the chance to see him, particularly in his second spell at the club. Didn't yeah, you? I mean, he, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't start going to games until his second spell. But even in his second spell, again, in we were a poor team in those couple mm. of years. But the one thing that stood out was Mali Poskett's goal scoring. 
yeah. you know, in in his first spell, Posca and Shoulder as a forward duo was absolutely different different levels. You know, yeah. I mean, we've we've had some good striking partnerships in the last twenty years. They're mm. not a patch on those two, yeah. and that's no disrespect. You know, it's but you just look with the number of goals both of them scored. That was the key yeah, thing. Yeah. You find sometimes in partnerships. I mean, if you look at Holmes and Hawley, Holmes didn't score as many, but he was a big part of that partnership, wasn't he? Whereas yeah. with this pair, Shoulder and Poskett, they both chipped in a lot of goals, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Back then. What kind of a striker was he? A goal scorer. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. It was just... If we... It, I mean, I only know about his first spell from talking to people, but if we got chances, Poskett or Shoulder was there. Yeah. If it wasn't one, the other was there, you know. Well, he scored four goals, didn't he, against Crystal Palace in one game? Yes, yeah, in the four one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, it, I would say, if he was playing now, he'd be worth ten, fifteen, twenty million pounds. Play me that much? Yeah. <laughs> Do you genuinely think that much? You, you, you sort of top level championship strikers. That you think do that do that you know you I'm trying to think at the moment you'd probably be looking at Ivan Tony at Brentford that mm. sort of thing maybe like Pos- just a, a slight level above like Charlie Wyke oh yeah 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 similar yeah, player yeah. though and they just knows where to score goals yeah yeah but sort of you're looking at Ivan Tony level who's the current one isn't he who's mm. scoring goals and going to be next to move up you know he, yeah. he was he's that sort of level he he'd be top end championship worth a go in the Premier League. And yeah. he, he would he would have scored for me, you know. Yeah. Well, he saw, he came up through the non-league circuit again, similar to quite a few players we mentioned. Um, started actually out of Middlesbrough, but then he went to Whippy Town, and managed to earn himself a move to Brighton and Hove Albion from there. I mean, nowadays it just sounds crazy, doesn't it? When you think yeah, back to the eighties, yeah, yeah. who who from Brighton is going to watch Whippy Town and sees this lad <laughs> yeah. goes should be signing him? Yeah. He went to Brighton. He had spells that, at Brighton. That's, that's how it used to happen, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. It's crazy. I mean. He had spells at Brighton and Watford, scored quite a few for them, didn't he? And then came to us for his first spell, helped us get up to the, uh, what is now the um, championship. championship. Yeah. Uh, ended up leaving to go to Darlington though, didn't he? It was a bit of an unusual one. Yeah. Um, and then then he went on to Stockport. Yeah. Then returned. I think he only had maybe a year or half a year yeah. at each of those. And he came back here for the couple of years that I can remember him mm. playing. And he, like I said, even though we we were a poor team in those two seasons. The one thing that that stood out was Poskett scored goals. Yeah, proper goal scorer, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, and then obviously finished his career playing for Morecambe, didn't he? Yeah, but uh, but he did return to Cumbria, didn't he? He, he sort of settled in Carlisle, and he's um, he, he spent most of his life after football working at Pirelli's, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just retired at Pirelli yeah. not so long back. Uh, like I say, he lives on the next street from me, and I uh, often see him and have a. A chat with him while walking the dog. Well, you'll have to uh, let him, you'll have to let him know that he's in your all-time. I will do. Level. I will do. Yeah. Definitely brilliant stuff. Uh, so there, there you go. Mali Poskett, two hundred and seven appearances and sixty-six goals. It's basically a goal every three a games. Goal every three games, isn't it? Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Which with two spells at the club, obviously. Which and means... if you if you think in that first one, shoulder was hitting the same sort of numbers. Mm. You know, it's, it just shows you how good a strike force they were. Exactly. Interestingly, your second choice of striker is a player that both me and you love. Don't say his name yet. We'll, we'll get on to it in a second. But the links actually between him and Poskett are quite interesting though, aren't they? Because they both had two spells at the club and they both averaged about one in three, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And this man is the Maltese Falcon himself, isn't it? Ian Stevens, the fox in the box. 
A shock result at the Agra Stadium, where Kidderminster lost their 11-month unbeaten home record to Ian Stevens' terrific volley. His second winner in a week, two away victories on the spin for United. Stevens is clear, far right. Prokes can't see him. The end loses out, but it's back with Dilap. Dilap advances on goal. Dilap! Still Dilap, but falls for McAlinden. Finds it out to Janssen. The ball frees for Stevens. It's going in. It's Stevens! The hat trick for Ian Stevens. Carlisle United 3, Bristol Rovers 1. It's surely all over now. A tremendous goal. The hat trick for Stevens. Brilliant player, absolutely brilliant footballer. Scored if you want a goal in the six-yard box, Ian Stevens is your man. And I know, I know, people will be going, "How can you not have Michael Bridges, etc." Ian Stevens was the man to score a goal. Yeah, and and, and, and let's be fair here in bad teams in, as well. In bad, in four four different bad teams. You know <laughs> yeah. he scored goals in like God knows how many times for us in both sides. Um, you're, I mean, his career was a lengthy one, wasn't it? When you look at it, he started out at Preston North End, then went to Stockport County, dropped out of league football to Lancaster City, earned himself a move to Bolton. He didn't really score many goals at league level until he joined Bury. When I yes, think he scored yes. like 40 goals then, earned a move to Shrewsbury for 20k. Did similar for them, and we signed him for 100 grand, didn't we, in the summer of 97? Yeah, yeah. But he didn't actually start that season, did he, for us? Because he got ill, didn't he, when he arrived? Yes, yes. He, he, well, the, the, the stories isn't there about why he might have missed out the first couple of months of the season. Yeah, so we, but we, we won't go into there, is there? No, no. Yeah. He's, uh, I, think, I think it's fair to say that Ian Stevens is a little bit of a Jack Lallard off the pitch. Yes, <laughs> that's very, very fair to say, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, what a football. I'm, I'm being polite here as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you say he's a six-yard box finisher, but actually, you look, go back and look, he scored a lot of goals as well, sort of, Within the rest of the eighteen-yard box, he was, yeah, he was just yeah, a good yeah. finisher all round, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he knew where the goal was. End of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he in that first season where we got relegated back to the um, third division, I don't think he made his debut till like late September, did he? And he scored so, nineteen, was it? Nineteen goals that season. Yeah, quite incredible. When you look back at yeah, the season after was a bit more of a struggle, wasn't it? For him, yeah, the, yeah. Whole, the whole team struggled to score that season. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that's just the way it was. And then he, he left for Wrexham at the end of it, didn't he? Yeah, only spent a year at Wrexham though. And then Ian Atkins wasted no time in bringing him in, didn't he? Yeah. To come back and... And Scott Dobie, he seemed to play well with us, didn't it? Well, he was almost like a big man, little man, because Scott Dobie got six foot two, which doesn't seem that big these days, does he? But he had a knack of you know getting on the end of things and yeah, you know, flick yeah. downs. And, and Dobie excelled playing. I think Dobie learned a lot playing alongside Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Um... He, he scored four goals in an FA Cup win over Woking. But an interesting one I worked out from that quiz question we did quite recently on, on the normal episodes. He scored three hat-tricks under, for United under three different managers. And he must be the only one to have done that, mustn't he? I, I can't think of many others off the top yeah. of my head. There's, there's not many that really come to, come to mind. But uh, yeah, so obviously he scored uh, one for Wilkes and Halping. I think that was against Bristol Rovers, was it? A 3-1 win? Yeah. Seemed to ring a bell. Uh, he then obviously scored the one against Woking uh, for Ian Atkins and then scored one against Leighton Orient for 
uh, Roddy Collins. It's interesting one, yeah. isn't it? Because he, he signed a two-year deal when Atkins brought him in. Uh, I think he was on fairly decent money for the time. Um, and when Collins came in, Collins sort of straight away wanted to get rid of some of the bigger earners, didn't he? I think yeah. also he wanted to get rid of some strong voices, but bigger earners as well. I think I, Stevens wasn't a particularly strong voice, was he, on the pitch? But he, no, was, a, no. he, was, a, he was a player who earned a lot of money. So I think he basically wanted him out so he could bring in a few players himself. Stevens didn't want to go. He was quite happy to be at the club. And we were struggling to score goals. And I think he just... I he, think ended Collins, up, he ended up just saying, sod it, play Yeah, I think he said, look, well, I'll give you a game. And I think he played against Scunthorpe and he scored yeah. in that game, didn't he? And, yeah. he? and he was brilliant. I think from that point on, he basically played for the rest of the season. Yeah, him, like, him, him and Foran actually played quite well together, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Richie did all the running, basically, didn't he? Richie yeah. for days. <laughs> yeah. And Stevens would just hang about in the six-yard box. But he was a good player holding up the ball as well. He was a yeah, clever yeah, player. He wasn't yeah, just yeah. a... We describe him as a goal scorer, but he wasn't just a goal scorer, was he? No, he could, he could hold the ball up very well because he wasn't the biggest of fellas, Stevens. No, but, about uh, six foot maybe, I yeah. think, if that. But he, yeah, like a brilliant goal scorer. I mean, you can still see quite a few of his goals, can't you, on YouTube and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Go back and watch them because they are great, some of them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's one of my favourite ever Carlisle players just for his goal scoring alone. Yeah. And he's one of those players where you look at it and you think to yourself, what, what would he have been like? What would have been like? Yeah. A good team. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just so frustrating. You think, you put him into that team that Paul Simpson had like two, three years later. He just scored 30 goals. I mean, Hawley scored, what, 26 goals that season. He just scored more. Definitely yeah, he just scored 30, 35. Absolutely. He was that kind of player. Yeah. Brilliant striker. Really unlucky not to play in some good teams for us. But, yeah. you know, always gave his all on the pitch. He wasn't a lazy striker as well. He'd do the running when he had to as well. But obviously, with his age, he, he wasn't going to do as much as someone like your Dobies and your Forens. No, no, no. Just the way it was. Well, that's your strikers then, done. So you've got uh, Molly and uh, Steve-O up front. I mean, yep. I mean, like I said, they're not going to do much running those two, but what a hell of a strike partnership, eh? And how many chances would those attacking midfielders create for them? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We'd be winning every week, 4-0. <laughs> You'd hope. But I still think yeah. probably more like 4 3 the way that you yeah. set up defensively yeah. in midfield. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That, that's your uh, starting 11 sorted. Um, let's move on to the subs. We're not going to go into as much detail on the subs, but we'll have a quick run through some of them. So No, one or, two of them, one or two of them have been mentioned as well. Uh, goalkeeper, uh, Tony Cake. Two penalties remain. Cake saves it. Great stop from the Carlisle United keeper. Carlisle are not out of this yet. Superb save from Tony Kaye, tipping it under the post. I don't think he gets appreciated as much as Albert Cooper was, does he? No, I mean, he made over 250 appearances for the club. Two promotion winning sides, two Wembley appearances. Penalty saves at Wembley. Yeah. Things like that. And then sold for a pittance, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was either close to or nearly made the PFA Team of the Year in 95 as well. Yeah, yeah. He might have just missed out, I can't remember, but great player, just just a a good goalkeeper. The the only thing that ever really let him down was his kicking, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he he wasn't the biggest goalkeeper, was he? I mean, he was only about six foot, six foot one, possibly. He was about six one, six two, I would say. Not not the biggest goalkeeper, but, I mean, you go back and look at some of those games in that, 94, 95 season. I know everyone picks out Tony Elliott away at Chesterfield, Chesterfield with his yeah. plans down. He was brilliant. But actually, you look at some of Kagey's saves in that season as well. He's a hell of a goalkeeper. Really yeah. does not get the credit. I think he 
Yeah, but Holds almost close to the record for the most consecutive appearance as well for us, I think. Yeah, probably. Think yes, after yes. that game against Chesterfield, I don't think he missed a league appearance until he left yeah, in 1998 yeah. or something like that. Incredible run of games he had. Yeah, yeah great keeper. He was our youngest ever goalkeeper for that appearance we mentioned previously against Halifax. Uh, was only beaten uh, 18 years later by Mark Gillespie, wasn't it? When he came on as sub at Norwich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I'm thinking about that, working out the timescales there. He, Gillespie might not have even been born when Cade made his debut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he would have been 18 right about then as well. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's ridiculous, though, isn't it? But, but yeah, great, great goalkeeper. And you, you look back at it, what wasn't particularly well treated as well by Curl, by all accounts? When no, he left. no. I know you're not Keith's biggest fan, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Um, okay, next up, another defender. Yeah, uh, Frank Simek. Yes. I think Frank Simek is a massively underrated player. Yeah. That first season, he was outstanding, wasn't he? He was unreal. And it was once he had his injury, he was never quite the same. No. But I think it, that first season, he was championship level. Yeah. And it was a hip injury he picked up, wasn't it? That yeah. Things. And those are the kind of ones that you always struggle to recover from, aren't they, with players? Yeah. But I mean, you he, know, to... he had five seasons at Chef Wade where he won several caps for the USA. You know, yeah. this is a top quality player. Came through Arsenal's academy as well, didn't he? So yes, yes. Shows what you need to know. And I'll tell you what, as well, because I was working at the club back then. Generally, one of the nicest blokes you could want to meet as well. So I believe, yeah. 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 Very, very typical in the way, you know, Americans are brought up to be, you know, very well, very well managed, and you know, really, really, genuinely nice bloke. And you know, when you want him to do interviews or like player appearances, he, he never once grumbled about it. He no, just got on no. with it. Um, after he left us, though, after three seasons, he seemed to disappear out of the game. I think he went out to was it Vietnam or something? Vietnam like that. and Thailand, or somewhere yeah. like that. And he, but he just, he just literally disappeared. And and we we've tried searching for him on Google, but there's not much out there. Yeah, nothing much to find about. Really yeah. sad that, really. But like I said, a great player in those three seasons, and it's one of those ones when you sign him, you look at him for how the hell are we wanted to pull this one off? Because he, he should have been playing a championship level easily. Yeah, yeah. The kind of player he was. Uh, okay, another defender, Dan. Yeah, uh, I've Dan. Gone for, <laughs> yeah, I've gone for Danny Granger at left yes. back. Probably yeah. the the only player of recent years who deserves to be in this. Yeah, not just for his appearances, but as a local lad, he got what the club is. Yeah, you know, I mean, the 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 clean up after the floods, etc. He was always helping in the community. He was a good captain. He was a really good captain, wasn't he? Danny Granger was a decent football player with a little yeah. bit more pace. I don't think he'd have been anywhere near us. Oh God, if he had a bit more pace as well, he probably wouldn't have been let go by our academy when he was sixteen. No, <laughs> God, no, Gretna, no. would he? That's yeah. a simple fact. He went to Gret. So obviously, he actually started out in the Kyneton Academy. He was let go at sixteen. Joined Gretna. I had a brief spell at Brecon City online, I think, from them, but he was somewhere he, like that. Yeah, he was yeah. there when they were just joining the Scottish leagues, weren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Just starting to build up and uh, went to a few of the clubs. Ended up at Hearts. Won the Scottish Cup at Hearts, didn't he? He's, he's a legend at Hearts. Yeah, because, I mean, he didn't play there that long. He only made like eighty odd appearances, I think. At Hearts. Yeah, they yeah. love him and scored a penalty in the final. Uh, yeah, was it against Hibs? Was that the five 0 Absolutely hammered them. Yeah, five 0 winning over Hibs. So he, he's loved for that reason. Um, had another couple of Scottish clubs and then maybe it's one, uh, one I say, it's actually two technically isn't it, because of Workington, but uh, joined his one English club and that was us. And yeah, he was a, he was a great player there, wasn't he? I mean, some of the goals he scored as well, just unreal. Yeah, and the the the, the, under, the thing that's not talked about, he had a cracking cross-field pass on him. Yeah. If you go back and watch games from a couple of years back, 
number of times the ball would go out to Granger and he'd just swing a 60-yard crossfield to the right yeah. wing. And it helped yeah. us a lot because we could check, we could switch play so quickly, yeah, so yeah. accurately. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of player he was. Yeah. He's um, just, just a battling left back. I mean, if you're going to pick your favourite Granger goal, which would it be? Oof, that Newport one was good, wasn't it? It was good. It was the last goal he scored for as well, actually, wasn't it? I seem yeah. to remember. Um, for me, it's a close tie between the one against Portsmouth with his right foot, which, I mean, mm. for a player who's so predominantly yeah, left foot, yeah, yeah, yeah. to hit it from 25 yards, well, 25, 30 yards into the top corner of his right foot. Yeah, yeah. And equalised in the last minute. And the yeah. other one, a game, <laughs> a game that both you and me were at, is free kick against Burton. Oh yeah, that was that was a nice one. Because well, I was we were we were behind the opposite goal, weren't we? I think you yeah. might be on the side where you in the seats. I can't remember. No, no, I'd come over into the tennis. Well, he hit it, and he, and thing is as well, it was about in the second minute, wasn't it? And he was, he was on the, he was quite out wide left actually. When you look back at it, he wasn't like quite you know just to the right of the D. He was probably more in line with the eighteen yard line, wasn't it? From what I remember. Yeah, yeah. And he just smashes it over the the wall into the back of the net. He's a brilliant free kick. If you haven't seen it before, go back and watch it because it it's just an incredible hit. But yeah, great play, Danny Granger. Um, doing pretty well as working to manage as well, being very unlucky with the two very seasons unlucky. that have been abandoned. Very unlucky. You've got to think one day, possibly, he's going to end up calling out manager, surely. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise, would it? Yeah, it's one of those ones as well, even though he's only been in non-league football, because he's done so well and he's a local lad and knows the club, he probably could easily step up from working yeah, to straight yeah, to Carlisle, yeah. I think. One of those yeah. ones, isn't it? Next up... Um, a defender, you're not going to talk much about him because I want to talk about him in mine because he's blatantly going to be in my team. But go yeah. on, let's talk about the great man. The great man, Dino. Dean Walling, who was to emerge as the supporters player of the year, picked up a few early season votes with United second. Dean Walling. Yeah. Yeah, just not the greatest footballer ever played for us, but you know the heart he had as a centre-back. The way he and worked, the goals the way, he scored, the goals he scored, the way he got fans, and the way the fact that he changed his career because he was a striker when he joined us, a striker who didn't score many goals, to be fair, but he changed himself into a goal scoring centre back, didn't he? And what a move that was! I mean, just complete accident move, but genius, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Back yeah. Like, like I said, we won't mention him too much because I, I know he'll be in your team. So oh, he's, 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 he's captain, player, <laughs> manager, whatever he wants to be. Quite frankly, in my team. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, Dean Wallen, one of defenders. Next up, midfielder Steve Hayward. Again, the Carlisle outnumber the Chester defence. If they can move it quickly, Thomas faced by Fisher. From 30 yards, great goal there, superb effort, and they're going right, running riot here tonight. Yeah, uh, the man who came in to replace uh, Simon Davey was in my first 11. Yeah. Um, it was a toss of a coin between these two, to be quite honest, because mm. they were both bloody good midfielders for us. Uh Haywood has the honour of being the first captain to lift a trophy for us at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Fulham made a, a ridiculous offer for him. Yeah. And we couldn't say no, could we? Yeah, he, he wasn't going to turn that down because no. people might not realise, but because obviously people now look at Fulham in the Premier League and you know, all the big money they've had from... Uh, when, we, when we mentioned yeah, earlier about the sort of wages that Punavachi was on, 
that's what the, that's similar to what they're being offered to Haywood from Fulham. That's what Fulham were paying every player basically yeah, back then, yeah. essentially. But basically, Fulham had been a big team, sort of in the sixties, seventies, hadn't they? They dropped down the leagues. They were at our level, at third division level, for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, and then they, uh, Mohamed Al Fayed bought them, didn't he? And he just threw money at it. Brought Kevin Keegan in as manager, didn't he? As well. Yeah. Paul Bracewell, Paul yeah, Pascal Salido, Barry Hales. Yeah. Players like that. I mean, they were a good team, to be fair. Like, they were, yeah, they were a good yeah. team. And famously... The, 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 the hammers, hammered us one uh, East, Easter Monday, was it? 5-0. And yeah. <laughs> it was... It, it, the the East off, because it? It, it should have been about 10-0. Day and night, that, that, yeah. that wasn't it. Yeah. Basically. But that, was that the same season, though, where we beat them in the home game? I think and it I think was, yeah. Kevin Keegan got some dog's abuse from the uh, from the home fans, I think. I seem Share to remember that. that one. Yeah, but there you go. But yeah, so mid, great, great midfielder scored a lot of goals. Um, still a popular person from and, and, and another box to boxer like Davey was really. Oh, hence why they yeah. were toss of a coin stuff. Absolutely, but there you go. Okay, uh, next up, I mean, this this fella's just a cult hero, isn't he? And the very definition of cult hero of Cal United fans, Warren Aspinall. Yeah, Warren Aspinall sumo. Jansen heads on. Aspinall spins away. Oh yes, he scored a second. Oh my word. Two goals in four minutes to Carlisle United. And two beautifully taken goals. The second from Warren Aspinall. On top of one from Andy Cousins. The slightest lapse in concentration. And he made Spurs pay. If if he was in the mood, he was the best player on the pitch. End of discussion. Best player in the division. I once, I once was in Buskers on a Friday night. <laughs> there we go. Talk, talking to him at the bar, he was absolutely hammered. And then we saw him walking back to his digs with a kebab at two in the morning. <laughs> came up, shook our hands. Enjoy the match tomorrow, lads. I'll score a goal for you. Well, he didn't score one. He scored two and absolutely ran the show. Yeah. And we, we me, me and my mate were at the match, hung over. And we're just thinking, how can he do that? Because he was drinking twice as fast as us. <laughs> just, it's just the kind of play, wasn't it? I mean, he should have played at a much higher level for a lot longer, yeah, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Comfortably. I, mean, I didn't realise this. He's Aston Villa's. He was, at one point, Aston Villa's record signing. Yes. Yeah. 300-odd grand, didn't they, for him from uh, Everton? But uh, he, liked, he liked his drinking and his gambling a little yeah. bit too much. And it, would actually, it actually turned into quite a, a sad episode because he, yeah. you know, he's... As as we know, he, he did debate trying to take his life, sort of thing. Mm. It was subject to documentaries, which I'm sure will be on YouTube somewhere, yeah. which are definitely worth a watch. But when when he was in the mood, what a player! Just incredible, wasn't he? And it, it's good, it's fantastic that he's turned his life around as well. Now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He works, I think, for like Sainsbury's or someone, doesn't he? In the, yeah, in the yeah. depots, and he does a lot of commentary, doesn't he? And a bit of scouting as well, so he keeps yeah. involved in the game. And if, if again, we talk about Googling YouTubing goals, look for his goal against Brighton. Oh, my word. When we were in the Eddie Stobart kit. Yeah. Just, he just he runs two-thirds of the pitch and just slots it home cool. Like, it's a yeah. brilliant goal. That's the kind of player he was on his day. He could do that. And yeah. I mean, you look at he got the nickname Sumo for obvious reasons because he carried a little bit extra timber. I mean, the nearest thing I can think of, I mean, you don't see that these days because players are just super fit, aren't they? All football league players yeah, are just yeah. like, they're, they're just prime athletes. The nearest thing I can think to it in recent years was probably Anthony Gerrard maybe for us. It was kind of a bit extra, but that was the kind of, he was quite a big stocky player, wasn't he really? Yeah, and yeah. You just don't I get, don't think there is anyone like him. 
No, these days you know he was a bit of a maverick, wasn't he? No, yeah, exactly. And like I said, what what a player he was in his day. The the modern the modern game would find you out now if you were in his physique, shall we say? Yeah, he probably would. He'd probably have to work a bit hard and keep himself in better shape. Whether he would do that or not, I'm not sure. Um, Well, (laughs) yeah, and one of the biggest shames is that he came towards the end of the 94-95 season. I think he was on loan at first, wasn't he, from Bournemouth? And unfortunately, he'd already played for Bournemouth in the Auto Windscreen Shield, hadn't he? So he couldn't play at Wembley. Yeah, he couldn't play. And you do wonder if he could have played in that game, what a difference he would have made in that match. Yeah, definitely. Because he he had, like I said, he had the ability to play at a much higher level. He played for Everton and Wigan and, uh, sorry, Everton, um, Aston Villa, Portsmouth. He was a bloody good footballer. Just all around good player. Yeah. Finally, uh, you've got one striker on your bench. Um, we've already mentioned him briefly before, haven't you? But I mean, and I have a feeling he feature. I think he'll feature in yours possibly. Yeah, I imagine. So. Yeah, uh, Michael Bridges. Will Murray pick it up? He will. Through to Bridges. This should be. It is. Good grief! I thought we're going to have to wait till next Christmas for that. Michael Bridges in the 80th minute. I mean, we only got him because of his injuries, didn't we? Let, let's yeah. let's get yeah. straight to the point here. If he hadn't had those bad injuries, he never would have got anywhere near playing for Cal United. Oh, no, nowhere near. Nowhere near, but uh, fortunately it was our game, wasn't it? I mean, just his ability on the ball as well. and the thing is, as well, in games, there'd be times when actually you look back at it, he'd switch off for a little bit and he wouldn't really do much. But then the ball would come to him and he was just... He'd just he, light up, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, that the, the big, best example is that goal against Darlington where we took 4,500 fans to Reynolds Arena. He gets half down by by one of their players. He's whinging about it to the ref on the, while sat on the floor. We win the ball back. He slowly gets to his feet. The ball's played to him. And he basically just a little, little quick step over, beats one man and fires it into the bottom corner. And you just think, like, no other player for us could have done that, could they? Yeah, if there's one one thing that would define Bridges at Carlisle, it's the volley at Northampton. Oh, it just... Well, you look at it, because Carl Hawley gets flat out knocked out, basically, by their defender. Yeah. And it comes to Bridges, and he just... He sees the keeper off his line effects, and he's like, I'm having a go here. It's just sublime, isn't oh, it? It's a volley from about 30 yards over the key. It's just... I mean, again, you can see that on YouTube. Just go and watch it. It's yeah, it's yeah. what a goal it is, and I, I always remember that night because Colin Cold would still try to claim, even though we beat them three 0 that that they were the better side. Yeah, yeah, right off, <laughs> and they weren't. They they just yeah. weren't. And he also had his second spell was on loan after he because he left to go to Hull City, and I think people were a bit unhappy at the time. But you could understand why he did it, couldn't you? Because it was the best chance he had probably to get chance playing in the Premier too, League. Too and, good for us, wasn't he? Yeah, too good for us. Chance Basically. to play in the Premier League, and yeah. he got that chance. He didn't play much for them in the Premier League, but he still got yeah. that chance. Came back on loan, he just wasn't quite the same player, was he? still scored like eight goals that season, though, even though he only played about 25 games. I yeah, think. yeah. So he was still a good player for us. But I think we maybe could have got him permanently, but I think he always had in the back of his mind, I think his agent had sounded out the chance to move to Australia, hadn't he? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. The, the, the Solway Coast or the Gold Coast, which one are you going for? <laughs> Solway. <laughs> of course, of course. But then, I, like, I, mean, I like the chips and ice cream. Think, oh, well, <laughs> it's a fair point, actually. You know, you yeah, talk to me yeah. here. A connoisseur of Twentyman's yeah. would be the sole way for me. But no, I mean, he's living the dream out there. He's in Australia. Absolutely living the dream yeah. in Australia right now. Yeah. Fair play to him. All right, well, let's get on to your manager. Come on, explain this one to me. Keith Minchin. It, it, it's a bit of a joke, this one. But the 
the enigma that was Keith Mincher. For those that don't know, he was appointed our manager. Basically took a couple of training sessions and then <laughs> sod this. Sod this, I'm going. So he was unbeaten. We didn't concede under him. Didn't do much else like, but... Because uh, he came in after Pearson, didn't he? So Pearson left. Yeah, we appointed yeah. him that summer because Martin Wilkinson was chief scout, wasn't he, still at that point? Yeah. And Wilkinson, you know what? As a poor manager he was, found some bloody good players for us. Actually, he was a hell yeah, of a good yeah, scout. Yeah. He knew yeah. he had to scout players. Mincher then walked out and rather than actually trying to find a proper manager, Knighton just panicked, didn't he? He went, oh, Martin, you have the job. And we yeah, yeah. re-signed Paul Baker as a player coach. So, yeah. But no, j- joking apart, away from Keith Mincher, I would probably go, it'd be a toss-up between Wadsworth or Day. Yeah. Because they both had league winning, you know, not promote league winning and promotion promotion winning teams yeah two great managers and yeah it's always interesting me that Dave never managed anywhere else after us but it's one of those ones isn't it maybe yeah. it just wasn't for him in the end because he, he left because he uh, seemingly Knighton wasn't very happy with how much press he was getting himself wasn't he because mm. he used to do his radio it's mad to think this back at younger fans won't realise this but Mervyn Day used to do a phone in didn't he on Radio Cumbria yeah, yeah talking about football was it on a Friday night before the games possibly yeah can't see Joe, but he used to do a phone in and talk to and talk to the fans about not just about Kyle United but football generally yeah. as well, didn't he? he was quite forward thinking in that sense, really, wasn't he? Yeah. When you look yeah. at but I don't think Knighton was ever very happy with him doing that. So no, no. there you go. So there you go, Dan. That's your uh, your team. So let's quickly run through it again. So in net you've got Callum O'Hanlon, right back, Darren Edmondson, left back, Owen Archdeacon, your two centre backs are Nigel Saddington and Stefan Ponovacci. In midfield, you've got holding midfielder or box to box midfield, if you want to call him that, Simon Davy. Uh, attacking midfielder Paul Proudlock on the wings you've got Rod Thomas and John Halpin and up top you've got Mally Poskett and Ian Stevens on the bench Tony Cakes your goalkeeper and then obviously you've got uh, Frank Simek Danny Granger Dean Walling midfielders Steve Hayward and Warren Aspinall uh, and your attacker is Michael Bridges I mean not a, ba- not a bad not a bad bench that is it <laughs> I mean God, some people put all of those in their t- in their starting 11 yeah, yeah, yeah I'd probably put a lot of those in my starting 11 so yeah, there you go yeah. so there you go that, that's your team Dan thanks for sharing that one with us I do appreciate I mean you did pick your best 11 didn't you rather than yes, your favourite yes, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go for my favourite so there'll be a couple in there people like why the hell have you put him in there it's not necessarily <laughs> yeah. because they're good players I just generally like them because I know yeah. my best 11 would have some players in that I don't particularly like <laughs> I, I've got a feeling I can guess who your left back is go on based on that I'm not going to say until it's oh, on okay okay well there you go I'll have to wait and see because <laughs> yeah. yeah well it'll be interesting to see because I mean, you were saying to me before if you were picking your favourite 11 who would you have had in there a couple of you might, you might have left out uh, I, I would have had Stuart Whitehead in because uh, yeah. he was uh, it was a mate of mine while he was at the club and he, he was a bloody good defender in a bad team again again yeah <laughs> yeah it's a fair point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great one that one. Dan, thanks for joining me. It's been a nice to have a good chat about this. Go a bit down memory lane. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, we'll do mine sometime in the near future as well. We'll do one with Mike as well because he's got a different viewpoint because he obviously only started following in the sort of early to mid noughties, didn't he? Because he's been yeah, the both yeah, of us. And yeah. then what we'll do is we'll get a few fans, or we might maybe get a few people on there. Maybe, maybe something to do over the summer. Get a. Absolutely. You know, t- two, two or three fans on in an episode, 20 minutes each or something. Yeah, definitely. And if you've got any comments about Dan's 11 when we put it up, we'll stick it up on Twitter. If you want to... Mine's more it. for the older fans a bit. Yes. Yeah. Not, not so much for some of the younger fans. Uh, we'll stick yeah. it up there. So you find us at Brunton Beagle on Twitter. We'll put that up there. And if you've got any... If you want to email us or anything, 
brunswickbeagle.gmail.com. And as usual, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on ACAST, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that does like a podcast app. Just search for Brunton Beagle and you'll find us there. Um, and that's it, Dan. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll be back soon for another episode. And uh, up the blues. Up the blues.